Christmas Eve candlelight service. And uh, we have, I think it's six different uh, services on the hour, one through six. They last 30 minutes. And we just bring you in and get you out. And, and we have communion. We lift our candle together and we turn all the lights out in here. It's, it's, a, it's an amazing time. I start looking forward to it in January. How many of you have never been here for a candlelight? Okay, this is your year. I hope you can make it. But bring a neighbor, bring a friend. It's really special. And uh, we just want to uh, uh, celebrate this wonderful season together. So hopefully you can come and bring your family with you on Christmas Eve. I, uh, I, I, I talk a little bit about today. If you notice on the back of your bulletin, I just left it open for you. And uh, that's tough for me to do because I'm kind of a linear thinking kind of guy. So if you do want to write some things down, I do have five things that I could give you. But I wanted to kind of give you the weekend off. OK, but uh, but for those of you like me and you want to write it down, feel free to do so. But uh, I, I was just thinking about the several aspects of Christmas. That sometimes we actually, as believers, or as Christians, we sort of poke at and criticize. And yet, I want to show you some biblical accounts today of some of these aspects of Christmas that we often don't realize started from biblical truth and biblical reality in the Christmas story. The first one is the music of Christmas. The music of Christmas. I was thinking about how many songs do you think have been written about Christmas? How many CDs have been produced in time? It's thousands. It's, it's just, it's an inspirational time. When we hear choirs and orchestras, you think of all of, of the people who have written and heard and performed around Christmas and the Christmas theme. I immediately went back to the Christmas story, Luke chapter 1, verses 46 through 56, and there is recorded a song. It might just be the first song of Christmas. It's Mary's song. And the way it's written in the text lets you know that she is singing this from her heart. She is making a proclamation of knowing that this child she carries is Jesus Christ the Lord, the Son of God. No wonder there's so much music at Christmas. I was thinking uh, in, in preparing all this, thinking about the symphonies that have played around Christmas. Uh, around the world, the orchestrations that have been written, the things that people hear, and the way those gifts are, are put together in songs. I even have a couple CDs that are called Jazz Christmas. You know, you got all these genres. You know, some of you, this is going to shock you what I'm about to say. But there is actually Christmas songs. There are actually Christmas songs done in country music. And Jesus comes back. It's a good thing. I'm glad we got him back. But I, 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 did, I had never, to my knowledge, I'm sure it's out there, but rap is not a genre that I typically, you know, care that much about. Rap music, I don't know how all of it works. But some of you probably love rap. But, but I heard a Christmas rap song the other day. And I know the artist who wrote the song. And I invited her to come and do it for us because I think it's, some, it's healthy for you to be exposed to new things. Now, the lyrics are just awesome. Whether you like rap or not, listen to these words because God loves these words you're about to hear. So if you don't like this song, you're, you're in trouble because God really likes it. But Lisa Christofferson wrote this song. Lisa, would you come? And Jenny is going to help her. And this is Christmas music rap style. So welcome, Lisa and Jenny. 
December 25th, and that's his birthday, and it happened like this, it was this angel who came down to earth to talk to Mary about a child's birth. The shepherds gathered round to see the side, it was a baby Jesus on a silent night. Silent night, holy night. It was a baby boy, as precious as a pearl, and all gathered round singing joy to the world. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Three wise men came to some, a stranger, yet the baby lay peaceful, away in a manger. Away in a manger, no crib for a bed. So you got to understand that without this man, there would be no way to have a Christmas holiday because Jesus is the reason for the season. Yeah, Jesus is the reason for the season. Now in Bethlehem, it was a place of his birth. He's God's son. Save it to the earth. There'd be no Christmas trees, no lights so bright if he hadn't been born on this glorious night. The nativity set, a very popular scene, wouldn't even exist, if you know what I mean. For he's the cause for this celebration. Joy to everyone. In every nation, so remember the gifts and the mistletoe, because without Jesus Christ, Christmas wouldn't be so, because Jesus is the reason for the season. Yeah, Jesus, Jesus is the reason for the season. Yeah, Jesus is the reason for the season. Jesus is the reason for the season. <laughs> wow. I especially like that ending. That's pretty good. <laughs> That's amazing. I love the fact that there's so much diversity in this Christmas story. The old, the young, the rich, the poor. They're all there. They're all there in the story. And it's like God saying, I like everybody. And I, I'm coming to earth for everyone. I leave you with this thought about the music of Christmas. What song are you singing with your life? What is the melody that people pick up when they're around you? It's a very important question. And I hope it's a song worth singing. And I believe it is. Let's go to the second thing that I want to talk about. And it's, it's the lights of Christmas. As I look at the lights of Christmas, the second thing of the lights of the Christmas, and I tell you the story. No, I, 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 I... That just sort of came to me all of a sudden. I just moved by that. I should do a sermon in rap sometime. A rap sermon. That would be kind of fun. Oh. The second thing is the lights. I, I, you know, sometimes we commercialism sort of takes over, and, and I hear a lot of Christians who get really funny about that, and it's almost like they become anti-everything. And, and I just want to say, don't do that. Because lights are part of the Christmas story. And so let me just read in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. It says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his what? Star. We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. They, God hung a light out in the sky so that they could follow. That's the first light that leads you to Christmas. And I, I love it when people put up lights. Another story in Luke 2 of the shepherds, and they're minding their own business on the hillside, tending the, the sheep, and all of a sudden the Bible says that the angel of the Lord shows up, and the light, the radiance, the glory of the Lord shone around them. 
and it freaked them out. That's what the Greek word means. It freaked them out. All this light, and they're not used to having light on the hillside. This is a, not a normal night. Why? Because God is light. Jesus is the light of the world. I think about some of the lights that you put. How many of you go all out and you put lights outside in your house and inside? Okay. Yeah, it's amazing. I, uh, I love some of the emails that have been going around. One of my favorites was this house that was absolutely gorgeously done. Just lights everywhere. The fences, the little animals outside. I mean, it's like, wow. It was a radiance in the whole neighborhood. And then the house right next to it had just written a word in light with an arrow. And it said, ditto. <laughs> Have you seen that? And that's how you do Christmas lights right there. Ditto. I'm in on that one. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I think people start to have too much fun with this. And, and then I saw this email where they actually, this had to be taken down. Let me just show you the picture and I'll explain what happened. But I don't know if you've seen this, but that's not a real man hanging there. Okay, that's, a, that's he's stuffed with straw or something, some jeans and a red jacket. And they had two car accidents the first day in front of their house of people trying to help this man. Um, they ended up taking it down the next day because an elderly lady pulled up onto the, how, the lot right by the ladder there and nosed her car up and got on top of the hood of the car and was trying to help him down. So, <laughs> crazy. So, I see some of you like, oh, I've got an idea for next year. <laughs> wow. What is the light that you are following? And will you be a light worth following? If Jesus is the light of the world, and He came to change our lives forever, Let's remember in Christmas time that that light abides in us. And when we walk into the darkness, the darkness has to move away. The light of Christmas is powerful. Now I want to move to something that might not be so biblical, but I want to prove that it is in a roundabout way. You want to take a guess what it might be? It's the food. You knew we would get here, didn't you? The food of Christmas... Is, how many of you? How many of you have a special recipe that you make only at Christmas time? Let me see it. Now look around. Okay, that's a lot. Does anyone eat it? Because I've had some of those recipes. You know what I mean? <laughs> Everyone tastes it, and then we throw it away January eighth. You know, um, but some of those things are really good. Some of those things are really good, but it's funny to me how, how people go into the cooking mode, and it's, whether it's cookies or a special thing or some national food or whatever you do, and, 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 and it's just fun to hear the stories of the food. And I was looking, I just can't find where Jesus sits down with his disciples and says, we got the turkey and dressing today, and uh, no, it doesn't happen. But every time you see Jesus, so many times you see Jesus in the New Testament, you know what he's doing? He's eating. He's at a wedding. He's at a party. As a matter of fact, it's interesting. One of the criticisms that, that had him killed on the cross was that they said he ate with publicans and sinners. He ate with them. He, he would have meals with them. He would hang out with people 
poop. He wasn't supposed to be with over meal. As a matter of fact, Zacchaeus, if you remember, this, this man who was wealthy was trying to see Jesus. He climbs up in a tree and Jesus walks up to the tree and says, Zacchaeus, come here. He climbs down the tree and Jesus said, you know what he says? He says, I'm going to have dinner at your house tonight. Read it. It's in there. Jesus was not afraid. Food in the Bible often means festivity. It means party. It means celebration. It means let's have some fun. No wonder when we eat at Christmas, it's a joyous occasion. So cook it up right. Don't be afraid. Celebrate. So in a circle the other day and someone said, oh, I'm starting a diet on January. And then the other one said, I already started in December because I don't want to go through Christmas. I guess the other one said, I'm eating big now so I can stretch my stomach out and stomach out and get it ready for Christmas. I would just like to say, don't be afraid to party in the right sense of that word. Don't be afraid to celebrate, enjoy and savor those moments that you have with family and friends. And let it be deeper than just the food, but let it be the meaning behind the reason for the party. Another thing that I see, uh, the fourth thing, is the travel of Christmas. And it's just an interesting uh, component because, again, this is a Bible situation. How many of you go somewhere at Christmas usually you're heading out? How many of you are heading out this week? Okay, a lot of you are going. How many of you are here visiting because of Christmas? Wave your hand at me. Okay, quite a few of you. You, might, you may have come in a little early. You don't want to stay too long. But, you, but. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm sure they're happy to have you a few days. I'm so bad. I'm feeling ornery today. Sorry. I love the travel of Christmas. I, I, it's, you think of Joseph and Mary. You think of literally the Christmas story is about travel. You can't deny it. She's nine months pregnant. They're trying to get to where they have to pay taxes and they can't get there. Probably a donkey, some more mode of transportation or walking. They get there. There's no place for them. They've traveled. They're weary. It goes on and on. And then you have the shepherds and they're told, it says, let's go find this baby. So they're traveling there. You get the wise men. They're coming hundreds and hundreds, maybe, maybe more miles to see Jesus. Everybody's traveling. No wonder we travel so much at Christmas. It's amazing. The Bible has stories in it about travel at Christmas. Why? Because this baby boy made a difference. Something unique has happened. I remember some great times, some great family vacations around Christmas. We had a, when I grew up as just a kid, we had a station wagon that had, we had several of them, but it had a seat in the very back that faced out the back. How many of you know what I'm talking about here? You are blessed among all people. Those were the greatest moments. And we'd sit there, us kids, five kids in the station wagon. And, and if you really were fortunate, you got to lay down in the gap between that seat and the back seat right there until they covered you with a blanket and they didn't tell you it was stop time. You know what I mean? But I love that station. I have so many memories of traveling at Christmas and grandparents and aunts and uncles and cousins and all the stuff. I just say, guess who traveled the most? For the Christmas story to be a reality. Jesus. From heaven to earth. From being fully God to becoming fully man. That's a leap. That's a long ways. But he wasn't afraid. 
Because He did it for you and He could see you now. He could see you before you were born. I'm thankful for the travel of Christmas. One last thing on the travel. I heard a cute story about a little boy that told his dad that the wise men had been camping out. And his dad said, what do you mean they've been camping out? He said, well, the Bible says they came from afar. (laughs) Okay, I'll cross it out. Don't worry. Saturday night liked it. (laughs) Okay, one last thing, and we'll wrap this up that I want to talk about 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 Christmas. And it's the gifts. We have to talk about the gifts for a minute because, uh, again, it's it's easy for us sometimes to get frustrated at sales and everyone trying to make a dime on this, and it's not no longer represents a real thing. It's so commercialized. Gifts were part of Christmas. Gifts were part of the Christmas story. So don't get too frustrated. Let's look at it. Matthew chapter 2, verse 9. After this interview, the wise men went their way. And the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and they saw the child with his mother, Mary. And they bowed down and worshipped him. Now notice this. Then they opened their treasure chests. And they gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, that could be a whole sermon because all three of those are specific things which may be prophetic in nature. But just to say today, they had something in mind that they wanted to bring Jesus on the day of his birth and after he was born. I think that's a wonderful thing for us to provide gifts for people that we love. Enjoy it. Savor it. Now listen, that does not mean that it has to be expensive. It might be something that you make. It might be a letter that you write. It's the idea of generosity. Sometimes I hear, I hear people say, um, it's just, you know, when someone becomes real nice or giving, it's the spirit of Christmas. Well, in a sense, I understand that. But what it really is, it's the spirit of Jesus. Because the Spirit of Jesus is a giving spirit. It's a generous spirit. It's a kind spirit. It's one that sees a need and wants to meet it. It's one that reaches out to someone who needs it. And so as the people of God, let's not be afraid to be givers at this time of year. And give more than money. Give yourself. Give the gift of love. Give the greater gifts of all. So I started thinking about all of this and looking at, you know, praying. I started thinking about God. Because Jesus gave another gift. And His gift was His life. When you really think about it, He came to this earth knowing He would die for your sin and mine. Would you say that's a significant gift? It didn't cost Him money, but it cost Him everything. Let's be people who know how to give gifts that speak of eternity. That proclaim eternity in our lives as we are givers not takers in this world we live in. I want to spend a couple of minutes just praying with you about some specific things that I feel like God's put in my heart a little bit. And I'm going to ask you to really pray with me in both auditoriums. I want you to, to just not just bow your head and wait for this prayer to be over, but for you to think with me as we pray. And I want to pray for, for some of you specifically. So would you mind just bowing your head for a second? I want to pray first for those of you that would say, I've, I've lost a loved one this year. Or Christmas is tough this year because of loss, whatever. Or maybe it was five years ago, but it's this time of year. And 
And it's been awkward even maybe unpacking boxes because that person isn't there. Setting the table. A tradition that no longer will live on because that person did it. All these things are emotional and they're challenging. But I just want to pray over you. How many of you would say, that describes some of what I'm going through right now. Would you hold up your hand? God bless you. God bless you. Church, we are their family. So join with me in prayer. Lord, our hearts break for the sadness and the sorrow. We weep with them. We press in close to them and we whisper in their ear today, you can trust God. And you can trust us. Lord, show us how to be closer than a brother. Show us how you can do it. Let the Spirit of God comfort the brokenhearted today, the wounded, those who have needs that are way beyond something under a tree. They go deep. Be the healer of those things in our lives. Secondly, I want to pray for those of you that are just having an unusually tough year. It might be based on economics. It might be based on a relationship that's gone south kids. There's so many issues that can they can just press on you and it's it's bigger than normal. Everyone has a financial burden at Christmas but, but maybe you lost your job. Maybe you're part of the fallout of this economic crisis we're in and I just want to say, we want to pray for you today. Unusually pressed right now. Hold your hand up if that's you. Okay. Lord, um, I just ask you to be a, a stable force with people who feel unstable right now, just emotionally, the challenges, the ups and downs, it's like a yo-yo ride. Show us how to minister. Show us how to be faithful to each other. Put friends and family deeper in our lives that they might know these needs. Show us, God, what we can do, what we should do. And Lord, I just pray for these who lifted their hands that they would know you want to be and are the source of their lives and that you love them. And that you care about one thing, and that is that they offer to you all they are. And that you can be trusted today. Lastly, I want to pray for those who are here who need to embrace the truth about Christmas. Listen, it is about Jesus. It is about Him. And you might be in this room as a guest. We respect people's journey at Timberline. But we also give people an opportunity to pray a prayer that says, Lord, by faith... I confess my sins to you and I believe you're the Son of God and you came to this earth and died on a cross for my sin. It can't just be religion. It can't just be some God in heaven. This is about Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, coming to be your brother today. If you'd like to pray that prayer with me, do so now. Lord, I come to you in faith, believing that you are the Son of God. I believe you were born on this earth and you died on a cross for my sin. And I confess those sins to you now. I give you my life. Help me to forgive myself and to move on in a new part of this journey of my life. I trust you for this. In your name I ask it. And everyone said, Amen. Love you guys. Sure proud of you. Thankful for you. Jerry, would you come back? He's going to play this beautiful piece. It's so peaceful. So just enjoy the peace of this. And ushers, would you come? We're going to receive our regular tithe and offering today. And If you are a guest of Timberline, we have no expectation that you'll give in this offering. This would be the time to drop your communication card in. IRS reminds us that all giving must be in by December 31. 
2009. So God bless you in your faithfulness and giving and just giving through Timberline. Uh, God bless you. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this moment that we can give. Thank you for people who have caught that vision, who, who uh, believe in, in ministry and reaching out. And Just bless in Jesus' name. Amen. Enjoy this. We'll have a final prayer.